0: Thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, where we present anatomy through a biblical lens. As always, if you have prayer requests, please reach out. Our email for that is prayer at dot have a really exciting show for you, so much to talk about. I feel like I have the next four or five shows planned out just based on information pre- preparing for this show. Um, I want to talk to you about. Uh, the intro music that I've created. I did so through GarageBand. I want to talk to you about the continuation of last week's story, The Firehouse. Um, I want to talk to you about fellowship. I want to talk to you about science and some blood flow restriction, all sorts of things. And it's a great problem to have. Uh, today, we're going to focus on fellowship, as you already know, by the name of today's episode. In it, we're going to talk about 2 Corinthians 6.14. And by the end of this podcast, you will understand how firemen are an example and not the target. It may not make a ton of sense right now, but I will explain as we go forward. Um, so what's the problem? Why do we do what, do we, why do we, do what we do? And uh, that problem is because we are faced with societal issues uh, uniquely as men. But as we're going to talk about uh, today specifically with firemen, perhaps my hypothesis is being dispelled to a degree. Uh, Because today when I walked into the firehouse, I was expecting one thing, and I received a very different outlook, and I'm excited to share that with you today. Uh, So we feel called by God to build community. Man, I apologize for my stumbling of words today. We'll see if we can work through that. Uh, We feel called by God to build community supporting men in this world. Uh, We know that this world is full of opportunities for societal influence to outweigh biblical influence, and that most certainly is a problem. So we serve brothers and thereby sisters with authenticity in the midst of change through our calling and ministry as teachers relating the often opposed subjects of anatomy and the Bible. Some episodes have been almost strictly Bible Some episodes have been a little bit more heavy on the anatomy. That is my unique experience, and I hope to interject that with each and every episode. Today, uh, I had some questions on blood flow restriction training at the firehouse that I was at, and so I'll take an opportunity to talk about that uh, a little bit for our anatomy of the day. But most of this episode will be about that firehouse experience. Our mission, we bring together men who have ever felt attacked over their God-given masculinity, to renew our mindsets through shared experience and discipleship so we can enhance our performance potential in life, lead our households, and follow God's calling for our lives. Uh, Man, did I receive that today. Went into the firehouse thinking that I was going to be the one doing the discipleship, and little did I know I was discipled too. It's a really interesting story. So let's talk about that. Last week, I stopped by a local firehouse, Firehouse Station 17, which is near me in Boise, Idaho, and uh, dropped off some coffee. And I was there for, gosh, I don't know, a minute or two, maybe a little more, and the alarm rang. So it was just enough time to drop off coffee, uh, tell them how much I appreciate them, and then I was sort of out the door. The next day I took my daughter, which was last Thursday after this podcast was recorded last week. And we dropped off a bunch of hamburgers and we were really excited to do that. And we were there for, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. It was long enough for my daughter to be able to see the fire engine, which was really cool for her and, uh, thankful for the incredible hospitality of the crew to show her everything that they have there. And, uh, alarm went off and out the door we went and, uh, So to be completely honest, a little bummed out, I I wanted to learn more about these selfless men and women. Um, And I wanted to kind of figure out what makes them tick to a degree. And here I am creating a community, an Ararat Physiology community, focused on discipleship and serving men in this world and in a world that doesn't really support men all that much. And as I began thinking about sort of my ideal member for this community. I started thinking about servicemen, uh, firemen, policemen, uh, rescue, responders, and military. And I had felt called to stop by a firehouse specifically for a number of years. And it it sort of clicked for me. Okay, Okay, this is perhaps my target member, my ideal member. Um, I need to develop a relationship with these people. Today, what I found out is not only are they not my ideal member, they are my ideal discipler. We need them in this community to help the rest of us. Man, there's so much we can learn from these selfless individuals. A lot of what I talk about in terms of uh, societal's influence on Men's character and altering their behavior, I did not see today at the firehouse. I was able to spend about 50 55 minutes with these men and was just blown away by their character and their selfless drive. We talked a little bit about Christianity, but not a ton. And walking away from it, I'm not sure how many of the four men that I spoke with are Christians, Um, but they're incredible men, and we have a lot to learn from them. I'd love to have these men inside the community, but I thought they would enter the community as people that needed discipleship. And to a degree, and from a Christianity perspective, perhaps they still do. And I feel called to do that. But from a selflessness perspective and embracing the good God-given qualities we have as men, I think these men displayed the ideal Goal or example on what all of us need to strive to get to. And I think I may have stumbled upon a secret here. I think I may have stumbled upon the secret of camaraderie. Now, I don't have the time here to talk about each and every conversation that I had with these four men, but in short, I asked them what their current struggles were. And one of the individuals who has served our country in the military and now is serving our community of Boise um, as a fireman. And thank him greatly for his service I do now, and did then, in both capacities, military and fire. He explained that he hears a lot in society how post-traumatic stress disorder is a concern for veterans. But he feels as though it's perhaps even um, over-pushed. And not that it doesn't exist, but his perspective, the hardest thing about leaving the military wasn't the war that he saw or the battles that he saw. It was losing his brothers, losing the camaraderie that he had. And I said, well, do you get that here as well? And he said, absolutely. I said, it's one of the main reasons why. I chose this as a secondary profession after my military experience was done because I knew I would have a brotherhood. I knew that I would have a group of men that I could rally around. And I mentioned last week, walking into Station 17 felt like a football locker room, felt like an instant brotherhood. And it is. And today was at Station 16, but the same thing can be said and is very much true. Walking in, I felt like I was allowed entrance into this amazing brotherhood full of love and camaraderie and absolutely selfless men unified for the same purpose. And I I just blown away by that. Again, here I am walking in thinking that I'm going to uh, share all this wealth with these individuals. And if you were to somehow quantify what I shared with them, I got more than I gave. I I received way more than I gave and I learned a lot from this experience. Learned a lot that I can take away from this to make myself a better man. And so stumbling upon this secret of camaraderie, it makes me wonder how many of us men are isolating ourselves. And when we isolate ourselves, how easy is it to be attacked? whether that's the devil directly or his minions through society. But when we are with a band of brothers, how tall can we stand and how much can we resist the attacks that come from the outside? So if you're listening to this, brother or sister, uh, rally around a brotherhood. For men, find other men that can serve as wise counsel for you and that you can have a relationship that is continual at least on a weekly basis. These men have it more often than that because it's through their profession. And that's fantastic. And I see so much health in them that I don't see in society. In fact, when we began talking about toxic masculinity and the problem with that, two out of the four men were a little puzzled as to what uh, toxic masculinity meant. And I did my best to explain what I see from a societal view. And I do think that many of us suffer from society saying that our masculinity is toxic. And they may be gearing that statement towards really obnoxious, loud male figures, but it's cast down upon really all us men. And it encompasses the good guys and the bad guys. And kind of like the one... Uh, seed that spoils the garden. It, it, it takes that effect with all of us men in a population as well. But I think the reason why they didn't seem to understand toxic masculinity the way that I do, not saying the way I understand it is correct, um, is because of the camaraderie that they have, that the brotherhood that they have. And they are able to see shining examples of what it is to be a man full of God's talents that he has given and provided. A healthy man, a secure man, on a daily basis when they are at that firehouse. Many of them talked about the worries they have being away from their sons and daughters uh, for a long period of time. And I think all of us men with our work have... concern with that with our children, but I assured them that the schedule that they have with two days on and four days off opens up a wealth of opportunity for their children to experience four straight days with them. And so I am just, I'm so thrilled that these men exist in a way. This has been a breath of fresh, fresh air. Not that I didn't believe these men existed, but man, it was cool to be alongside them. It was really refreshing to see their perspective on things. There wasn't much in terms of disagreement. There was definitely clarification of things. But perhaps my mindset going into building this community and building this podcast was too pessimistic. Thinking that the sky is falling and society is in direct attack to masculinity. And here today, I found a group of men that are standing tall in that that don't really pay attention to that attack and in some ways are clueless to that attack in a very good way so i went into today to today with firemen being my sort of ideal member my target population and i leave today seeking their wisdom and their advice on how they can help the rest of us and again the secret that i've pulled today is camaraderie it's fellowship How can I increase the number of hours per week that I can spend with people that I truly call brothers? I have sort of a big five. I have five friends that I am closest with. I've never really truly had a best friend, and that used to bum me out as a child and adolescent. Um, But now I look at it as though I have five best friends, and I'm very lucky for that. And I send them messages on about a weekly basis asking them, how I can help them, how I can serve them, and that I love them. And a couple of the friends, it's it's about six months in between uh, substantial conversations, apart from a happy birthday, Merry Christmas, um, no, I'm doing good, how are you doing, congratulations on the baby, all those sort of pleasantries. It's probably about six months, maybe even closer to a year before we actually see each other face-to-face and we have depth of conversation and we exchange, uh, our, our value to each other. We have true camaraderie and, uh, why, why do we do that? Well, because we're succumbing to the pressures of what it is to be a man and what it is to work your butt off to provide for your family. And so that song that I've shared a number of times by Dax to be a man talks about in that song, how, Our only value is to work and slave. And that's obviously a lie, but so many of us buy into that lie and buy into that stereotype. We fit perfectly into that stereotype. We not only fit perfectly into that stereotype, we execute it flawlessly. And who does it hurt? It hurts ourselves. So walking away from today, I am extremely motivated to spend more time with my brothers, to spend more time with family, to shift gears, work less, and focus on what truly matters. I I can't tell you how excited I am to to turn this off and and start calling people and really connect. If you're interested in that sort of connection that we have going on, uh, we would invite you to join our community, our Ararat Physiology community. You can go to erroratphysiology.com, click the green button that says community, and you can uh, see what we have to offer. It's a lot of men that are in this boat, a lot of women too, um, that are there to support men. And it's growing. We're in the beginning stages and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But even this community needs to serve as an impetus, sort of a bare bottoms approach to what we need in support because we can support each other coast to coast. But our recommendation within this coast to coast, internet-based, social media-based community, uh, private social media, I should say, no algorithms, no ads, no filters, none of that. What you see is what you get. Um, In that will be recommendations to seek local men in fellowship. Uh, Even a guy that I've been mentored by in the last month or so, lives in Minnesota and we're affiliated with a group that meets in Tennessee and Virginia and Florida and maybe a few other places. Eventually, I'm looking forward to the opportunity where I can fly or probably drive because I don't like to fly, uh, drive to one of those locations and shake his hand and look him directly in his eyes in a human experience and have that camaraderie and that brotherhood. I know that the depth of our relationship will increase because of that. In the meantime, because I can't fly to Florida every week, uh, I have men here locally that I depend upon greatly. And I will lean on even more from this day forward because of a secret that I have stumbled upon today. Maybe this resonates with you. Maybe you realize that, wow, I haven't talked to my best friend in six months. Or maybe I haven't talked to him in a year in a sense that is actually deep and meaningful why don't you just swing by his house? See if he needs help with something. That in-person experience that in many ways has been taken from us through this pandemic uh, is, is is essential. And I think what I'm seeing with the health of men in this world, maybe, just maybe, it's more related to our isolation and our subsequent depression because of isolation than it is to allowing society to impact us negatively and start to believe the lie. Maybe it's a combination of things, but I expected to hear a resounding, yeah, I feel that too. But I saw and heard men that were more resistant to that societal lie than many men that I've met in my history. I'm humbled from the experience. I thank God for the experience. I thank God for aligning things to where I could do this this morning and go in thinking one thing, which was a positive thing. And it was all rooted in service and helping people. But what I gave, I I received so much more and I'm humble enough to change my hypothesis and realize that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this issue is a little different than what I thought. And maybe, just maybe, the solution is as easy as brotherhood. It's as easy as fellowship. It's as easy as camaraderie. I'm on fire. I'm so excited um, to see where this goes. Uh, the way their schedules work, it looks like it'll probably be an every six-week thing for me to uh, visit them. And sometimes I'll go in and drop off coffee and the bell will ring within 30 seconds. Sometimes I'll be lucky enough, like today, to to have fellowship with them. But I'm going to walk in more with an open heart and ear, or ears, got two of them right, uh, to being discipled to and just experiencing fellowship with them as opposed to, Um, trying to solve all their issues for them. There's so much more value they could give me than I could give them. And in fact, it's really kind of a selfish endeavor when you think about it that way. I'm dropping off a a cup of coffee and they're blowing my mind in a short period of time. The wisdom that they're sharing is just absolutely incredible. If this motivates you, I strongly encourage that you seek out a firehouse and you do the same thing, a police station, a jailhouse, a hospital, um, military base, whatever the case may be. I strongly suggest and please share that. Email us at hello at, error at or post it in the community, the Ararat Physiology community, and let us know what you're doing and what you're learning from it. Cause I've never been so excited for a hypothesis to change, Uh, but it's changing right before my eyes. And I am so excited to see where this goes. To conclude this story, at the end of our conversation, there was a gentleman that asked about blood flow restriction training. And I had mentioned that as an example for some other topic, um, but he was interested in that subject matter. And so the little bit of anatomy and physiology that I'll share with you pertains to that interest that he had. And basically what I found through my research with blood flow restriction training, and for those of you that don't know what blood flow restriction training is, it's uh, where you attach something that restricts blood flow on a limb, leg, or arm and then you exercise with that restriction on there. And my original hypothesis close to almost 10 years ago, about eight years ago when I began studying this, was this is ridiculous, like this makes no sense, it can't do anything possibly good for us. And my hypothesis changed there as well and I was proven wrong. There actually is substantial benefit. Now some will argue whether you should conduct blood flow restriction training under normal circumstances. Uh, But most of the research agrees that under rehabilitation instances, blood flow flow restriction training can be really well. And I'll give you sort of this case study example. Uh, Think of a junior female athlete, soccer player. That is a population that is highly susceptible to an ACL tear. You get an ACL tear, you're out for about a year. So her junior year is now over. And she spent the first 15, 16 years of her life building up this talent in the sport of soccer, probably done some weightlifting with it. And now she's worried about how much of that talent and strength that she's going to lose over those 12 months. Well, here's where blood flow restriction comes in and can be of immense benefit for us. She is now able to use blood flow restriction training to not squat the 300 pounds that she used to. That would be unwise with a torn ACL. But she can do maybe like a leg extension at 20 pounds, but with blood flow restriction occurring simultaneously. And without getting into the minute details of the metabolic waste products and the exchange of cellular debris and everything that helps bathe the muscle uh, and promote its healing and promote its maintenance of strength, What happens is just that, maintenance of strength. And so you can see that specific case study, you can see someone maintain about 90% of their strength they built up by using blood flow restriction training. So in a year's time, when that ACL is good to go again, maybe sooner, maybe later, because of that blood flow restriction training, that athlete now has a better likelihood of getting out on the field and competing at a very high level. In fact, a level that was very close to where they left off. So rather than taking this huge drop in performance and then climbing the hill again, and in that case, maybe missing out on a college scholarship, this athlete can maintain their muscle mass, maintain their strength to the best of their ability, in some instances, 90%, and they can continue forth. And uh, about this part of the conversation is where the bell rang, and it was time to go. And those guys were in the fire truck and out the door in less than thirty seconds. It's absolutely incredible to see, and I'm so thankful for the time that I had with them today. Uh, now let's speak about what matters most, and that's the Bible. Uh, Two Corinthians six fourteen. We have one verse here: Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light within darkness and that application throughout the entire statement is just absolutely incredible and reminds me of the fellowship that these guys have and so most of what i'm going to do here is really reflect back to the story that we've already laid the foundation on in my experience today Uh, do not be unequally yoked perhaps Some of us are too unequally yoked with a sinful secular society. Maybe we're spending more time listening to opinions that really don't matter than we are to developing camaraderie and brotherhood with those that do truly matter. And I don't mean to say that one person is better than another. That's not it at all. Um, Everybody has a value, and I believe equal value, it just looks different, right? Some people are talented in this area. Some people are talented in this area, but when we're lost and we're down the sinful path, we have to recognize the path that we're falling down and get back to a righteous pathway and make sure we have the influence. You know, you've probably heard it said time and time again. uh, Many people have said this, so there wouldn't be credit to one author here, but you are like, the three people you spend the most time with, the five people you spend the most time with. And there have been scientific studies out there that have shown that that's not just a mindset thing, but it's a physical appearance thing. Uh, All sorts of things come from that. So if you're a skinny guy and you hang out with four obese individuals, your likelihood of becoming obese is exponentially increased. Now, I don't want to harbor on obesity as a bad thing. It's not. There's plenty of studies that show you can be obese and be healthy. And we can talk more about that another time if you'd like. But uh, the point is, if you're around a bunch of toxic individuals, maybe hang around some guys that aren't so toxic. And to not limit it to just men, although the emphasis on today is the camaraderie, the brotherhood, and I stick by that, but hang around women that are positive influence as well. pick those three people, pick those five people very wisely. And spend as much time with them as as you can. So again, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Second part, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? They just don't mix, right? They don't mix. If you're trying to be righteous and you're hanging out with a group of people that are lawless, it doesn't mix. And if lawlessness outweighs righteousness, where are you headed? Pretty simple, right? And the last part, or what fellowship has light with darkness? We're saying the same thing again, but more from a, uh, more from a Jesus perspective, more from a God perspective. Um, you can't be in Jesus and serving Jesus when you're in the darkness. Uh, you may need to beg for him to pull you out of darkness, but you have to provide effort too. You have to turn to Jesus and you have to walk the path and follow There will be a rope that's cast down for you to pull you out of that darkness, but you have to do the work of climbing up that rope. I want to go on in so many other ways here, and I'm so excited that this could maybe be the first podcast episode that's truly a part one that we continue on to a part two and perhaps a part three. And like I said earlier, I feel like I have the next four podcasts kind of done for me. Um, but what would help is if you were to uh, reply an email and let us know what you'd like to talk about and what is most impactful for you. Some shows have like a website, like ask Dan, whatever, or air at com slash ask Dan, um, that Extension doesn't exist in our website, so don't put that in. You won't find anything. But we announce our emails every single week, and we would love to have a personal email from you. Rather than you submitting some form, we would rather develop a personal relationship with you. And so please email us at hello at error And we would love to hear about what part of this conversation has been beneficial for you, maybe a previous podcast, what's been beneficial, and what you would like to see more of. That way, I don't pave the way for the next four episodes when there is something very poignant that we should be talking about next week. Again, this podcast has shifted from an every three-day format to an every seven-day format. So you'll see me each Wednesday. And if I'm going to miss a Wednesday for whatever reason, I'll let you know. But there is no plan on that in the near future. And so as we conclude today's podcast, I plan on seeing you again next week. I say seen because we're now on YouTube. So you can see these podcasts on YouTube if you're a visual learner. And uh, you can listen to them auditorially. Uh, through your selected podcast channel, Uh, we're on all the major platforms. If you're listening to this through social media, like through Facebook, uh, as I've embedded something there, or you're listening to this directly through our website, that's fantastic, that's great. Uh, I would recommend if you prefer the audio format, and that's what you're looking for, that you find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts on Spotify, and you listen to it that way because you can subscribe and you can get notifications on when a new episode comes out. It's going to be out basically every Wednesday, so you can check there. Um, But I have been receiving questions lately on what can I do if I am financially limited and I can't help in that way. I can't join your community for $3.16 a month. What can I do to still support and help? And the best thing you can do is rate and review, is go on to one of these podcast apps, rate us, review us, and uh, also email. That doesn't cost you anything other than your time. Email us, let us know you're there, let us know you're listening, let us know how this has helped you, Those words mean so much to us and in hard times that come and go, they help us through those hard times. And so we appreciate that. Let's conclude with a take-home message as we always do. And that take-home message is pretty simple today. It's find your brotherhood. Find your brotherhood and spend more time with your brotherhood. And as an official conclusion, let's conclude with the Lord's Prayer.